God. Praise God. Praise God. So, uh, Pastor Shane, as you know, is starting a, a new series on my story, and uh, I'm, I have the honor and the privilege to uh, be the first one to tell my story. So, anyways, uh, so my story starts, well, if for those of you that don't know me, I'm Joe Pineda and my wife Estella, Joe and Estella Pineda, and uh, uh our story is that, uh, you know, we, we have three daughters, uh, four grandsons. Uh, we're, we're a part of the church here. And uh, it begins uh, in the 70s. I came out, I'm from Northern California, and uh, I came out to visit uh, some family here in San Diego. And I gave my life to the Lord in the, in the mid-70s. I was... Uh, just a young teenager, and uh, I was touched by the Holy Spirit. I received the Lord in, in my life, but the problem was I, I went back to Northern California, and I didn't have the support, and so I just went on with my life. Uh, pretty much, a, I lived a life uh, of destruction, self-destruction, and long story short, 18 years went by, and I circled back around with my wife and our kids, and uh, we came back to San Diego, and I, and I gave my life to the Lord. I, I rededicated my life. It was something that was always with me. The Lord was always with me, and uh, there were some times in that period between then and coming back to the Lord where, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not uh, proud of it, but uh, I was a drug addict, uh, alcohol, you know, I, 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 I lost my life, I almost lost my life. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I, I had a drug overdose, I had uh, a car accident where I, where I was on life support, but you know, God kept me. He kept me in his grip from he who began a good work in me is faithful and just to compete it. Okay, and you know, he, he kept me. So when I came back to San Diego, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted to just love God and my family were here. And we were blessed. We, we start in a church called Christian Life Assembly. And that's where, uh, and I want to share this story because it's, it's, uh, it's key to who I am. It's one of the, the powerful things that happened in my life as a young Christian. Uh, when I came to Christian Life Assembly, I met Adam's father, uh, Cesar Ochoa. And, you know, he poured into my life. He leaned in. He dug deep into me. And uh, he spent time with me. Uh, man... I, I can't go on. I only have a certain amount of time, but it's many men of God like Cesar that poured into my life, that really leaned in and dug deep into my life, and he took the time, and that shaped me. That really shaped my, my view of what the church is, what it looks like, what it could look like, and I see that in this church. I see that in Shane. I see that in Ed. I see that in Derek. I see that in Phil. I see that in Adam. I see many faces I can see here 
what the church looks like. We're all leaning into one another and, and really taking the time to be present in one another's lives. And I'm so thankful. I am so thankful for God. How he create, how he designed the body of Christ, the body to be the body to the body. And so, you know, I, I'm so thankful that he who began a good work in my life is faithful and just to complete it. And uh, another scripture that I hold is, uh, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. There waits for me my crown of glory. And you know what? We're in this together. We're going to fight the good fight, and we're going to lean in to whatever God has for us, whatever that looks like. It's, it's, I like to say it's kingdom-minded. Kingdom I don't know. It, it could look like a whole lot of different things, what the body of Christ looks like. But we're, we're in this together, and this is my story. Okay? So oh, thank you. Yeah, Joe Pineda for the win. Come on, so good. Gosh, love that couple. Um, so we're going to dive into this series every week. We're going to hear just a five minute. By the way, you nailed the five minutes. That's not easy. I recommend it. Maybe you should write it down. And he's like, no, I got this. I got the five minutes. He just nailed it. Um, but every week you'll hear from somebody that you wouldn't typically hear from and just a little bit of their story. And, uh, and that's kind of how we're going to walk through this series. But before I dive in, I just want to highlight that you've probably mentioned, recognize the bikes and toys and things that are already starting to pile up in the back. And this is for our epic uh, outreach that we're going to do in December. And so I just want to encourage all of us. Uh, we're looking for uh, toys, uh, big stuff, little stuff. We're looking for clothes. So um, please, let's just kind of start piling them up. I hope that we can't see the pallet wall by the end. Um, when we're ready to give so many uh, things away. So every Sunday, let's just continue to see that build. Amen? Amen. Uh, this series is about reclaiming your story by recognizing God's hand in your past, present, and future, and His victorious agenda for your good and His glory. What's your story? Is it a story of victory and defeat? Is it a story of survival and kind of random events? Or is it something much bigger as if there was a master storyteller crafting a narrative with beauty and intent? Week one uh, is called I'm Complicated. Turn to your neighbor and say, no, seriously, I'm complicated. The, this, this particular week highlights a conflict. It highlights a conflict that is evident in all of us. And the conflict is simple. Go ahead and throw that up there. The conflict is conflict between who you really are and how 
You would like others to see you or perceive you. The conflict between who you really are and who we think we should be. We all deal with this conflict because I'm complicated. It's not cut and dry. I wear many hats and sometimes many masks. Hopefully in the process, we will learn to let go of who we think we should be to become who God has called us to be. And in doing so, I want to highlight uh, a guy named Jacob in the Bible. And it's a familiar story, but I want to read it out of Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to kind of look at the life of Jacob because Jacob was complicated. And hopefully in looking at the life of this complicated man, we can see ourselves. It says this in Genesis chapter 32. So Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. And as he wrestled with the man, then the man said, let me go for his daybreak. Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, your name is no longer Jacob, but Israel, because you have wrestled or struggled with God and with humans and overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the things that you want to speak to us. And Lord, as inadequate as I feel to convey this message, Jesus, you have a clear story for us, and it's the story of redemption and the story of good news and this incredible work that you started, that you're finishing. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak today. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I apologize if I have some, like, uh, puberty moments with my voice, uh, and it cracks a little bit like a 13-year-old boy. Uh, I couldn't talk two, two days ago, so this is an upgrade. <laughs> um, but I'm going to try my best to get through it, and I might be whispering by the end, but we're going to get there. I chose Jacob because he's complicated, but the truth is I had a list of people that I could have choos- chose, chosen or chose from in the Bible. I could have chosen Noah. He built an ark. He, you know, put himself out there. Everyone was making fun of him, and he obeyed God and saved humanity. And then after that, he got drunk and did some pretty freaky things. I don't know if you've seen the movie. (laughs) I could have picked Moses. Moses was a deliverer of God's people, and he was also a murderer. I could have picked David, a man after God's own heart but wasn't an adulterer and a murderer. I could have picked David, who pre- or Peter, who preached on the day of Pentecost, and yet was such a coward that he denied Jesus. I had lots of options, and so we pick Jacob. And the truth is, Jacob's complicated, but uh, you and me are just as complicated. See, for me, I've got a version of me that I could call fake me, and then I have a version of me that's like future me, the one that I think I could be, and then there's me in between. So there's the me that I'm pretending right now, there's the me that I think I will be in the future, and then there's like the real me, 
and I kind of rotate between all three. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we got double hands back there. I want to dig into Jacob's life a little bit because I think in the process we're going to see an incredible journey that God had Jacob on and we're going to sum up his entire life in just 30 short minutes so bear with me because it was a lot but we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 25 and we're going to see something that maybe you never knew before and it says this in verse 24 when the time came to give birth Rebecca discovered that she indeed had twins did you know Jacob was a twin it's interesting I knew Jacob had a brother, but I forgot that he was a twin. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair, like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Now, we know that names are big, but they were definitely big back then. Like, I don't know if you think you have a lot of meaning behind your name. Like, I was named Shane because of the movie, which I've only seen once. And I know one line from the movie, come back, Shane. But, you know, I don't know how significant that was. But back in these days, you know, names were a big deal. And there was reasons why they named people things. And so Esau was his name because of those reasons. And then the other twin was born with his hand, don't miss this, grasping Esau's heel. So, because of that, they named him Jacob. And so you'll see on the screen what Jacob's name means, heel grabber, to circumvent or deals craftily. In other words, the one that's trying to get ahead of the other one. Because that's what they saw as he was coming out, is trying to grab Esau's heel. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense. And maybe subconsciously an infant, newborn, um, that's pretty sad for him to be labeled with this his whole life. But uh, we understand um, why it would be important for one to be born before the other. Now they're twins, so they're born simultaneously, give or take a couple seconds. And so in this setting, whoever was born first is a big difference between the second. Now, th these days, I feel like the, you know, the, the youngest almost gets the, the best end of the deal, right? Like, I'm the youngest, and I was kind of babied. I'm a mama's boy. And, uh, you know, I know other families were like, you know, the, the, the first one out of the shoot is, you know, the parents are super strict and trying to figure it out. And the last one, they're just like, whatever, who cares? You know, do, do whatever you're going to want. I'm too tired to run around and chase you around. Just uh, figure it out, you know? And so it, it, it kind of gets better for the younger one. But back then, the firstborn, it was the whole deal. And uh, it was all about the father's blessing, the birthright. And so it came time for the father to give that birthright. Now, it wasn't given at birth. It was given at a certain point in time. And the firstborn would give that blessing. And he, got, he would get an inheritance. And it was, it was a really big deal. And certainly something that Jacob as a newborn was fighting for, like, no, let me, let me be, be first. And then later down the road, he's still fighting for it. Um, and so kind of fast forward, um, it comes time for Isaac to give 
this, this blessing, and there was some shenanigans that went on, and Jacob kind of dressed up like his brother, and his, his mom, Jacob's mom, kind of egged him on, like, you should do this, and I think you're better anyways, and I don't know exactly what was going on in her mind, but nevertheless, she felt like it should fall to Jacob, and I used to kind of blame Jacob's mom, like, wow, mom, you're not really being a very good influence, and you know, maybe it wasn't Jacob's fault, maybe he's just falling in line with what his mom says, and then I realized that Jacob was 77 when it happened, so I'm like, that's some point you can't blame your mom okay come on <laughs> so visualize here like this isn't a young boy he is beyond a grown man and uh and he's coming the time when obviously Isaac was kind of feeling like his days were numbered and it's time to actually pass this thing on so the 77 year old man still listening to his mom uh just shows you he hasn't really grown up so here we are and um, Jacob comes to his father and all kind of, you know, puts fur on his arms and he's kind of pretending, right? He's pretending to be somebody he's not for the sake of the blessing. And, um, and his, his father, Isaac, says, who is it? And Jacob says, I'm Esau. I'm somebody else. And it's interesting because Isaac's like, man, I don't know. You don't sound like Esau. So, let me, so then Isaac says, come closer. Come, let me get a closer look at you. Well, his, his father's blind. So you're probably wondering, like, why did he not know? Well, he's blind. And so all he has is his hearing and his touch. So he says, come closer because I need to know that it's you. And so he comes closer. Thank you. Perfect illustration. He comes closer and he's feeling him, Right? And, and, and he's got pretend hair on his arms. And he goes, you don't sound like Esau, but you must be because you, you feel just like Esau. You even smell like Esau. Thank you. Appreciate it. And so is it an interesting that we can get so good at faking it that even the people closest to us can't tell? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we do our best faking the people closest to us. And I'll be the first to admit that I did that for a long time in my life, even with my own wife, because there's things that I was ashamed of, things that I didn't want anyone to know. And so you just keep wearing this mask and you keep pretending and you keep like, no, I'm Esau, I'm somebody else. I'm blessing worthy. That's who I am. And so he got the blessing. And then he ran for 21 years. Because see, you can fool Isaac, but you can't fool you. And so he ran. And he never felt blessing worthy, even though he got the blessing. He was never happy with himself. Because he knew who he really was. Heel grabber deceiver, usurper, deals craftily. That's who I really am. And so I'm going to keep running from that 21 years. And eventually he came to himself. Eventually after 21 years, Jacob came to himself. Sound familiar? Remember the prodigal son? 
Remember, he said, Dad, I want the blessing. I want you to give me the inheritance. I want to be somebody. And he gave it to him, and he went and squandered it, and he ran, and he did his own thing, and he ended up in the pig pen. And eventually, he came to himself, and he said, wait a minute, I am pretending to be a blessed son. Because see, in those days, an inheritance, and stay with me here, because I'm going to go back and forth between prodigal son and Jacob, because they're a lot of the same person. In those days when the prodigal got a blessing and inheritance from his father, that meant that you are blessed by the father, that you have an inheritance, that you represent me. You're a, you're a, a loved, a beloved son. I'm going to give you my inheritance. And so the son went to the father and he said, I need you to bless me and I'm going to go live as if I am a blessed, honored, revered son of yours. And the father was like, breaks my heart because you're trying to be somebody that you're not. And I know where this road ends, but you got to figure that out on your own. So here you go. So the son, he finally got to the end of that and he's like, ends up in the pig pen and he goes, who am I kidding? I can't even fool the people closest to me anymore. I'm not that person. I'm not the blessed son. I'm in the pig pen. So he comes to himself and he says, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta make this right. So Isaac says the same thing. Isaac's running for 21 years and he goes, you know what? I need to go make things right with my brother Esau. He's been wanting to kill me for 21 years and I've been running. I need to face him. And I need to tell him who I really am. So... Isaac says, it's time to face my brother. And while he was a long way off, the angel comes to wrestle with him. Because we're complicated. And transformation is a struggle. So Jacob is in the moment that the prodigal son is saying, I need to go back. I need to get back. I need to make things right. I need to get back to where I was. And so he begins to make that journey and the wrestle begins. And some of us in this room are in the middle of a wrestle. You're wrestling between fake you and future you and real you. And God is wrestling with you. And I just want to say to you that the wrestle is beautiful because that's what brings about transformation. It's like that, it's like that caterpillar in the cocoon. Like, listen, if you break that thing out too soon, and I know us parents, man, we wanna we wanna save our kids from any hardship whatsoever. But how many of you know sometimes the struggle is the thing that produces the most beauty in our lives? And so it's the struggle. And I just want to say that to you today. If you're in a struggle, lean in, like like my brother said today, lean into the struggle. Lean in. And he began to wrestle with the Lord. So watch this. As they wrestled, the angel asked him a profound question in the middle of the wrestle. Okay, we're struggling. And he asked him a question to let him know where his heart was. What's your name? Remember, his dad asked him that, and he said, I'm Esau. I'm the fake me. <laughs> I'm blessable. 
right? Prodigal son. I'm, I'm the honored, loved son. Look at me. Look at all my money. Look at what my dad gave me. And so the, the angel says, what's your name? He said, man, that's complicated. <laughs> there's, there's, there's fake Shane, and how many know fake Shane leads to shameful Shane? And then there's future Shane. And then there's present Shane. I don't know. I'm complicated. Which one am I? In other words, Jacob, are you still running? What's your name? Are you still hiding? Are you still faking it? Or are you going to come clean? And I love his answer. It's simple. My name is... Jacob, and I just want to say this to you. Vulnerability is the doorway to connection. Vulnerability is the doorway to connection. It's the doorway to connection in our relationships, in our marriage. Vulnerability is the doorway to connection, but it's also the doorway to our connection with God. And I hear, that, I hear this all the time, like, oh, I, just, I, haven't, I haven't felt God, and I can't hear him, and I've never felt God, and I don't know if, like, what's standing between us? Is it sin? Do I need to be better? Do I need to be better to feel God? Do, do, I, do I need to behave more? Maybe I just haven't come to church long enough. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I haven't checked enough boxes so that I can feel God. And I'm here to tell you that God has hardwired us that vulnerability, authenticity, the real you is the doorway. So you want to know what the doorway is to connect with God? It's none of the Christianese things that we throw around, but it's the most brutal, hardest thing we could ever do. And it's, here I am, Lord. I'm Jacob. I'm deceiver. I'm I'm heel grabber. Like, I, I am a mess. I'm complicated. I'm losing my voice. Here I am. This is me. That is this beautiful doorway to our connection. And I'll tell you what, like, if you don't hear anything else, I'll tell you, like, this, this is me before God. When I'm trying to connect with my father, my shepherd, my friend, God Almighty. Man, I strip down. Like, like, I spend time getting rid of the layers of things that I build up around myself to guard myself, to protect myself, the masks I wear. And it's like, let's just get rid of all that stuff. Here I am, here my Lord. I, this is me. And the more vulnerable I get, the more I connect. Anybody with me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So powerful. And so they're in this wrestling match, and he's like, am I able, am I wrestling? Who am I wrestling with? And, and, and I think God would ask you the same thing. Like, who am I struggling with? Am I struggling with the future you, the awesome you? Like, you bringing the best you to the table? Or are you bringing you. So powerful. 
So just like the prodigal son, Jacob says, no, this is Jacob. See, remember, remember the prodigal son? He came to himself and he's like, all right, I'm not the loved son. I'm just not. Everything I told my friends, I was dishing out all this money. He was bragging on his dad and this big house on the hill. And he's like, yeah, my dad loves me. Look at what he got me. And he's fishing it out and he's giving it and he's having the life of the party. And all of it goes away and he ends up realizing that I'm not that person. I'm in the pig pen. And so I'm headed home. And he came to himself and he said, you know what? This was his speech. I'm not worthy to be a son. So here's who I really am. See, the son is the future me or the fake me. Who I really am is a servant or a slave. That's who I am. And so he started his way back. And he was getting ready to tell the fa- his father, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a loved son. I get that. I know that. I'm, I'm a failure. That, that's who I am. And you know what? I'm okay with that. And I'd rather be a failure and an admitted failure than a fake son. And so I'm a failure. And Jacob, he came to that realization. I deserve to be punished. And he was headed to Esau. I deserve to be punished. Esau, kill me. I don't care what you do. I'm not going to continue to be fake anymore. So this is who I am. So he tells the the angel, no, I'm I'm Jacob. I I am that guy. And I, I... Accept the punishment that I deserve. See, and I, and I wrote this down. Um, we think facing the real us is the doorway to consequences, shame, and rejection. Which is why we don't do it. Why would I face that? Why would I face the real us? Like, that's, that's horrible. Why would I do what the prodigal son did? You're right. I'm not a son anymore, so I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be a slave in my father's house because that's what the consequence is i am a failure <laughs> i'm complicated it's complicated see the father is not waiting to punish him the father was waiting to establish the blessing i'm gonna land the plane I love what the father did with the prodigal son. He threw a party. Prodigal son came home and he tried to rehearse his speech about who he really is. I am a slave. I am not worthy. I am a failure. And the father said, whoa, before you even utter those words, Let me tell you who I say you are. See, Jacob is who I am. Israel is who he is in me. And in that moment, the angel changed Jacob's name to Israel. I I know you think you're Jacob. I know you think you're a slave. But let me show you who you really are in me. And what I love is that he threw a party. Let me throw a party for you. Why did he throw a party? Because he uttered these words. Don't miss this. My son was lost and now he's found. Let me ask you a question. Was the son physically lost? 
Was the son physically lost? I don't think he was lost. He found his way home just fine. No Siri needed. There's no part of the story where he's like, help, I'm lost in a pig pen. I don't know how to get home. It doesn't say anything about him trying to ask for directions. He wasn't lost. And yet the father says, I'm going to throw a party for you. And then he announces, because my son was lost. And now he's found. And all three of those parables were about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. He didn't know who he was. And when I saw this, you guys, like everything opened up for me. Don't miss this. The father was excited because he knew that the son had come to himself. He knew that the son was ready to be real. Now I see you. Now I know who the real you is. I would imagine that before the son left, it was just a facade. It was a fake thing. It was all like, I'm this and I'm that and I'm cool and I'm ready to go be this and take on the world because I'm going to be what everybody else wants me to be, Dad. And the father's like, please don't do that. Please don't go out in the world and try and wear all those masks because you'll just get hurt because it's not who you are. Dad, I know who I am. And I'm going to please everybody else and I'm going to show them who I really am because I'm awesome. I'm lovable. I'm likable. I'm going to have all this money and all this success. And he went and squandered it all trying to be that person. And then he comes home and his dad throws him a party. And his dad throws him a party because I see you now, son. You're not lost anymore. When you left, you were lost. On the inside, you were lost. I saw it in your eyes, son. You were trying to be somebody else. You were trying to get approval. And now I see you. And I know you think you're broken. But I'm throwing you a party to show you that you're not. Because it's not your good deeds that makes you whole. I make you whole. I make you whole. And so you don't get into the house You don't get your way into the house because of your good deeds. You get into the house by taking off your mask. And so the brother, the brother gets all frustrated because he's like, why would you throw this son a party? Do you see what he did? He's naughty. He's not obeying at all. And the dad, as brokenhearted as he was before, son, I see you're wearing a mask too. See, it's not just the prodigals that wear a mask. You can get lost in the house just as easy. Amen. You can get lost wearing all the good deed masks. I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be awesome. Dad, I'm going to do everything you want me to do. Look at me, Dad. Look at me, Dad. I'm doing it. I'm performing. Man, I'm checking every box. Look at me. And the dad's like, come on, son. That's not who you are. And that's not why I throw a party. You're lost. I want you to be found who you really are. That's good preaching. I'm going to be honest with you. 
So, closing. From this point on, you'd think that Jacob, you know, Jacob just got his name changed uh, from, you know, the, the, the angel looks at him and says, listen, you're finally ready to own up, just like the prodigal son. And the, and, and the angel goes, I'm going to bless you, the actual blessing you want. I'm going to give you a brand new name. And it's Israel, and it's, and it's who I am through you. See, who you are is Jacob on your own. Who, who I am through you is Israel, and so that's your righteous name, right? Your new identity, which we all have in Christ, a brand new nature, a brand new identity, and you're Israel, and it, and it came in the form of a physical name. You're Israel, and you would think that for the rest of his life, he would go by Israel, and that's the strange thing, and it's why we're so complicated, because if you read the story, half of the time he's referred to as Jacob. And half of the time he's referred to as Israel. And there's not really any rhyme or reason. Why? Because we're complicated. It's not cut and dry. You come to Christ and you get a new nature and it's not like the old one goes away. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, I'm Israel. Come on. Right? And then sometimes like, man, I'm, I'm definitely Jacob. I mean, I doubt that I even wrestled with God. Maybe it was a dream. I don't know, because I'm Jacob today. Can I just tell you, God's like totally okay with the conflict? And I think that the misnomer is that we are failing God when, when we don't live up to our potential when we don't constantly walk around as Israel and we act like Israel and we're just like mightier than anything. And, 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 and when we have moments of being Jacob, we just, our tendency is to go run and hide again. Because it's like, well, I already got forgiven and I got wiped clean and I wrestled with God and it was amazing and I got this new identity. And then I wake up and all of a sudden I'm acting and thinking and talking like Jacob and I'm ashamed. How I know that God is totally okay with the conflict is that God didn't answer Jacob when Jacob said, or when Jacob asked, what is your name? Jacob asked the angel, what is your name? Who am I wrestling with? And he didn't answer him because he's like, I'm here to talk about you, not me. But years later, after Jacob died, Moses asked God that question at the burning bush. What is your name? And you would think that God of all of the Bible, when he was referring to himself for the very first time and revealing himself to mankind, that he would use the redemptive name that he gave Jacob as an example of the things that he does. And so what did he say? He says, I am the God of your ancestors, Abraham and Isaac and... He didn't use the word Israel. Didn't even use it. Like this amazing, beautiful work that God did in the life of Jacob. And God's like, this is who I am. I'm the redemptive God and the redeeming God. And no, he's like, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, I am the God of your victories and your defeats. I'm still the God of Jacob too. So when you struggle and you're in the middle of that conflict, you just need to know that like God is with you. So don't go run and hide. Don't be afraid. Don't be shameful. God is, he's for you. He's even for Jacob. It's amazing. I wrote this. He says, you're my son and daughter in the moments when you feel like Jacob 
and in the moments you feel like Israel. So don't run and don't hide and don't pretend because when you do, you're letting the enemy sit at your table. He's throwing a party for you. I'm going to um, invite us to, to close by taking communion. And um, so just go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. You can go ahead and cue, cue up that video. We're just going to play a worship video and go ahead and dim the lights in the back. And uh, I just thought it was so appropriate that we would take a moment at the end of this message in particular. Go ahead and turn that way down. Because this message is about the redeeming power of the cross to forgive us of our sins. The blood of Jesus that washes us. And it's also about the broken body that signals our new life in Christ. And the table represents both. So when you come to the table today, I want you to recognize that Jesus, he has completely washed away the sins of Jacob. But I also want you to know as you take that cracker, that he's made you new. Whether you feel like it, whether you act like it, when he sees you, he sees Israel. And he looks at you. He sees Israel. And he throws a party for you. And in those moments where you stand before him and you say, God, this is me. I, I don't feel worthy. I feel shameful. He clothes you with a robe of righteousness and he throws a party for you. And he says, you are my son. You are my daughter. Don't you dare give in to the lie of the enemy to start pretending or live in shame or to run and hide. Come on, live in the open because I have made you white as snow today. And as we come to the table, this is what we come to. And so, Father God, we, we receive today all that you have for us at the table. As our good shepherd, as you sit at the table and we say no to the enemy, his voice is not welcome at this table. As we sit and we partake of all that we need as sons and daughters to take off the mask and to quit pretending and to quit striving. God, we enter into the rest of God as sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we play this song, go ahead and make your way to the table.